Get ready for an overdose of common sense. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Kind of the theme of the show here is we've had so many changes and effects on our lives when it comes to money and finance. And you look at the everything that changed during the COVID era, if you will. And among those things have been government programs and a lot of money has been spent. How much of it is being spent properly and how much of it is being spent fraudulently? This is a big question with millions and millions of dollars at stake. And so it does affect you. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for staying with us here on American Viewpoints. Joined now by uh, Angela Rashidi. She is a senior fellow in poverty studies at the American Enterprise Institute. And uh, Angela, let me just kind of start with, I imagine there's a lot of people who are saying, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen people bring what used to be known as food stamps or SNAP uh, to the store, to the convenience store, whatever it is, and use it uh, maybe for what they're allowed to purchase, but then just set it aside and buy something else. I've seen people at one point with four. I saw a guy with four different food stamp cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was out, so he just grabbed another one from another state. Wasn't even shy about it. So I think there's a perception that there's a huge amount of fraud within this program. Uh, what's the reality of it? I mean, is it as big as we tend to think? Because you know, those of us who like small government tend to tend to hyperbolize things, but how big of an issue is it? And then we'll get into actually why this matters, no matter how big or small it is. Sure. It's a great question. Um, And thanks, Mike, for having me on. Um, I mean, like you said, any government program, we always want to be concerned with fraud because this is, you know, taxpayer dollars and we want to make sure it's being used for what it's intended to be used for. In terms of SNAP, and I mean, this is not um, new to the pandemic era that we're currently in, um, but SNAP has always kind of had a reputation for having some level of fraud. Um, I think overall it's considered a fairly uh, good program run relatively well by the states. Um, We do have some controls on the program, but when you're talking about billions of dollars that are flowing from federal government to states to households, there's always going to be a level of fraud. So the data that we have um, suggests that one level of uh, fraud, and we, we actually call it improper payments because it can be driven by intentional fraud, but it also can be driven by just mistakes that people make, like not understanding what they can purchase or what they can do. Um, but from that perspective, we've actually seen an increase in, in these, what we call improper payments. And it's around 3% um, of total benefits, which when you're talking about a program that in normal times is around $60 billion, and in recent times is more around $100 billion a year, that's a significant amount of money. Um, And the other kind of way we track fraud in SNAP is through what's called trafficking. And that's where really the retailers get involved. Um, So retailers actually can kind of take people's SNAP benefits um, and maybe they give people some cash in return instead of food or beverages. And then they charge the federal government and they give them cash in, in a lesser amount and then they charge the federal government for the full amount. So when we're talking about that kind of fraud, um, which to me is is probably more pervasive than this improper payment issue I talked about, um, it's running around uh, five to 7%, um, uh, I think in recent times. So it's definitely an issue um, and it's certainly something that the federal government is aware of and in my opinion needs to uh, pay more attention to. 
And uh, Dr. Rashidi wrote a blog post on AEI's website, which we'll give that out uh, in just a few minutes, called Reducing Fraud in SNAP Needs Attention Too. And when you talk about needs attention too, obviously referring to other governmental programs as well, because we've gone from billions, which, you know, to me, call me weird, but that's a lot of money. We're talking about billions and we've gone to the concept of trillions now. And we're talking about this much money. Does that create more opportunity for fraud or mistakes because at some point we're paying all of this money back since so much of it is is borrowed so this affects every taxpayer exactly um and and even if if the so snap for example we saw a huge expansion during the pandemic um and and actually a lot of it was policy related it wasn't necessarily because there was an increased need uh there were policy changes that were made that greatly expanded the program and so even if you think and i do think that introduces more opportunity for fraud but even if it doesn't we're still talking about billions of dollars of money that's being spent through the programs in a way that it's not intended to. Um, and I think that that's the real issue. The taxpayers support these programs. I think the vast majority of people who use SNAP use it properly, but even a small share of, of dollars that go out in a fraudulent way, I think really undermines the integrity of the program. We're visiting with Angela Rashidi with the American Enterprise Institute. And like I said, the blog post to look up is reducing fraud in SNAP needs attention too. Uh, overall, I mean, we're talking about a huge amount of money, trillions of dollars at this point. Uh, the percentages may be one thing, but there are so many people uh, who say, okay, well, what do we do about it, especially as programs get larger? I would think it would be harder to track down areas of fraud just because you're overwhelmed by the dollars and by the numbers. So what are some steps that should be done policy-wise or otherwise that could get a handle and reduce the amount of fraud so that the money's only going to the people who are supposed to benefit from it? Yeah, that's another really good question because you're right. These programs, especially we're talking about SNAP. I mean, this is a huge program, but it's administered at the state level. And then even at the state level, then it's really the retailers. <laughs> so you can imagine, I mean, retailers in every community in every state across the country um, has uh, involvement in this program. And so one thing, though, that can be done is, is that we know from data that the, the vast majority of the, this trafficking fraud that I talked about, which happens at the retail retailer level happens with small retailers. So this is not happening at the big grocery stores. It's not happening at Walmart. Like those are not um, the retailers where this is happening. So on one side, you have the federal government's actually trying to increase access to SNAP by authorizing more small retailers to participate in the program. The idea being we want people to SNAP participants to have more access to food. On the flip Flip side of that, though, is we know that those are the real retailers that are more likely to commit this level of fraud. So I think that there needs to be a better balance in reviewing retailers who want to participate in this program in terms of are they legitimate? What's their track record in running these kind of programs? And are we sure that they are going to operate this program in the way that it's intended to be operated? When we look at the fraud or the trafficking that you've just described happening, obviously there's an effect on taxpayers. Does any of this affect those who are legitimately using the program at all? Does this do harm to any of them or is this more strictly a taxpayer versus government accountability issue? 
I do think, I think the harm being done to SNAP participants is the um, kind of stigma related to it. So if somebody does see something that they feel is not an appropriate use of SNAP dollars in the grocery line, for example, that then creates a stigma on all SNAP participants. And like I said, this is a program that benefits millions of households, low-income households across, across the country, and generally has a good reputation for supplementing earnings for example, you know, feeding children who otherwise wouldn't have um, proper nutrition. So in that sense, it has a good reputation. But I think when you have any level of fraud, and if people can see that fraud, it again, just undermines uh, public support for the program. So in that sense, I do think it hurts uh, legitimate SNAP participants who are just trying to do the right thing by their family and use a government benefit that can be beneficial to them. Man, of course, then we've also addressed the uh, taxpayer side of it as well. Okay, so where do we find the blog post I just mentioned? What's the website and any social media where people can follow what you're doing, Angela? Yeah, it's American Enterprise Institute. So it's AEI.org. Um, we're a think tank based in Washington, D.C. And you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Angela Rashidi. And that is R-A-C-H-I-D-I. All right, uh, Dr. Angela Rashidi, AEI, appreciate the uh, update because this is a real sensitive personal issue for a lot of people. Well, thanks for having me on. Just ahead here on American Viewpoints, we've had now a week of hearings on Kentanji Brown-Jackson's uh, nomination to the U.S. Supreme Court. Let's sort out the political theater from both sides and just get to the real issues of what we saw and heard this week and what it could mean to the Supreme Court. That's just ahead.